This is a HeadGum Podcast. Thanks for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam on the HeadGum Podcast Network. This is the show where Billy and I take one topic, oh so loosely, and discuss our previous, present, and future experience with it. Today's topic was travel, and our guest was Mamrie Hart. Please enjoy the No Joke Podcast. Okay, and welcome back. It is episode 11 of this, the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Scafuri. I am Adam Lustig. And we are very lucky today to be joined by our good friend, Mamrie Hart. Mamrie. Oh, hello. Hi, Mamrie. I'm so excited to be here. You've been here this whole time. I know, it's weird. <laughs> Full that disclosure, was a great intro. I had to wait about 45 seconds for the Giggle Twins to stop <laughs> giggling so that I could start this podcast. These two are on Giggle... I don't know what it is about you, Mamrie. Do you like you inspire this like you, fifth grade giggle fest I'm in me? I'm a giggle factory when I'm around Adam Lustig. Just yes. the giggles just reverb off each other in a way. As the guy who has to edit this podcast, it's just going to be mixing levels of how hard you guys are laughing throughout exactly. the duration of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The first time that my mother, a notorious and chronic giggler, met our friend Farron, another chronic, oh, almost yes. psychotic giggler. Yes, yes. Um, the first time they met each other before they even really spoke any English words, it was just like giggle, 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 giggle. Giggle, 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 We were giggle, all giggle, watching giggle. it wondering, how can this how end? Will how will it end? Will they just die of natural causes? Just go straight to stone-faced? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She never giggled again. <laughs> I mean, and to end that story, they're still there right now, giggling. Oh, wow. Yeah, they never left. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for that waitress. <laughs> um, Mamrie, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thanks you for being here, man. and us, we've known each other for about, what, eight, nine years now? I feel like at least eight. At least. And we met originally at the People's Improv Theater you in New York. You know right. it. Yep. When you guys were like... Top dog sketch team. Oh, yeah. And top. I was just a plebeian duo. <laughs> just a regular dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like a normal looking dog. You guys were Westminster. Yes, exactly. Fur on the floor. Oh, sure. Yeah. But in the global perspective, being the top dog of the sketch comedy it's group, all the it's improv- relative. <laughs> yeah. Still. Top, top is in quotes. Yeah. We were still on the bottom of the catering chain. Yeah. <laughs> you, you were a big fish in a toilet bowl. Yeah. <laughs> about to be flushed. That's right. Exactly. And that's right. You were in a duo with our dear friend Steve Soroka. You guys were a dynamic comedy duo. God bless. I like the word dynamic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Steve's very hilarious. You should have him on the podcast. We do. Totally should. Maybe we should. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're welcome, Steve. Uh, What is, how did you get, how, your story as a comedian, how did you get to the pit? Mm -hmm. Well, I moved to New York to do like serious acting. Like I thought I was going to do the theater. Mm -hmm. From where? From North Carolina. Got it. So I went to UNC. Mm-hmm. Woot woot. Don't know when this will go up. A Final Four. Woot, what do you know about it? I'm a big Syracuse fan, Mamrie, so you oh. and I are officially rivals this week. <gasps> oh, no. The giggles stop. The, the day giggles the stop. giggles died. <laughs> the giggle twins stop here. Okay. Um, the grimace twins. <laughs> you don't even know the looks that we're giving each other right now. Um, but once I got up there and started auditioning, it was just... Uh, like, mm-hmm. you know the shit you auditioned well, for. Well, did you have an agent? Did you have a way in? Or was it just no, straight? No, it was like Craigslist style. Right. right. Like scary. Like you go to an audition and then I remember I went to one. It was and it was for a movie. They were like, so it's like this alien rave. Uh, oh. <laughs> and he was like, well, you will have to dance in it. I was like, okay. It okay. is a rave after all. It is a rave. He was like, we forgot to bring the boom box. So my friend here is just going to beatbox. Oh, and gosh. And he started beatboxing and I started dancing. And I was like... This is not. This cannot be my life right now. And it's like NYU. How long did room. he beatbox for? Uh, 
probably 30 seconds, but he never That's got it eternity. faster. Yeah. So it was like the slow, the coming you know, down like rave, rave song. <laughs> After like, the MDMA has faded, like, like 4.30 like, a.m. Uh, can I get some sandstorm? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, do it. Oh, yeah. It's so so definitely a red flag when the sort of like piece of like sort of expository information that you're supposed to take for granted is well, it's an alien rave. Yeah, Let's it's just an start alien there. Rave. We'll start there. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to know your character. Yeah. Um, and then when I didn't book that, right. um, <laughs> you weren't ready for the role. You no, weren't just. <laughs> no. Um, there were better aliens out there. I guess I didn't bring the moves, but I feel like his beatboxing was just tired at that point. Yep, It'd been yep, a long yep. day yep. of beatboxing for random women in a white room that could be on campus yeah um so then i decided to take a writing class at the pit mm, and that's cool. where i met steve yep okay, yep and then started doing uh sketch stuff there got put on a house team that's yep. not unlike harvard sailing team story everyone oh, yeah. was kind of a trained mm-hmm. uh theater school actor mm-hmm. and then we realized uh as soon as we graduated putting up plays is so expensive, so expensive. you have to build a set and like think about the costumes and if it's Gross. time period it's awful effort and so harvard sailing team went the exact opposite way and effort. Said, no effort no effort <laughs> <laughs> no, no props. No, no, no sets. No props. No sets. No, no nothing. Wigs. Yeah. The most expensive thing we all had to buy was a colored polo shirt. Yes, yeah. I know. You guys always your sketches were tight and your outfits were tight. Yes. Damn. Thanks, Mamrie. You're welcome. <laughs> and Rebecca in our group just wants to know that our outfits were tight. That's all. Day one, she was like, <laughs> "We need to look good on stage. I don't mm-hmm. want to be one of those. We all wear like just ripped T-shirts on stage groups. Right. Yes. We're gonna look clean." Mm-hmm. And our parents loved it. And I think she was oh, sort of sure. aiming that ripped T-shirt uh, criticism. That was sort of coming in my direction. You guys I don't think. understand this, but Adam is wearing shreds, rags. Right now. <laughs> Imagine rags. like fifteen Q-tips, scotch taped together, and balanced on a man's Poor, torso. Poorly scotch taped, scotch taped poorly together. Yeah. Like you've already used the tape once, but you just know there's a little more life. Than a little bit it. left. You took it off the present, and now you're trying to put it on Adam's shirt. Uh, uh, well, we uh, do want to talk to you, Mainbury, about yes. something specific today. The topic of today's podcast is travel. Oh. Um, and I think you're kind of the perfect guest for it because as we were sort of goofing about before we turn the mics on, you do n- literally nothing but travel. It seems like. I feel like for some reason or another, I'm on a plane at least once a week, but probably every like five days. Wow. Dang. But I like it. Yeah. And when yeah. you're on that plane, where are you going and what are you doing most generally? <laughs> just planes. No, I just get off and come back. Um, this is for work, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, though, right? I just do it for the peanuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do it for work and for pleasure. And then mm-hmm. I... I've figured out some sweet spots of how to combine the two. Yep. Right. Yeah. That's the trick. That's mm-hmm. the trick. Mm-hmm. I, there's the rub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in the No Joke podcast, in the first act, we like to talk about our experience with the topic. Um, okay. Today's topic is travel. Mm-hmm. Um, did either one of you guys, do your families travel a lot? Did you have an annual family trip? That was something that my family did where every year really? we went somewhere and did something as a family unit. What were your top three? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to put Disney World up top. Yeah, yeah, we're, on the, on. we're on the East Coast. I'm from New York. So apparently our families went to Florida and families from California Snowbirds. would go to Hawaii. Did you, did you oh. guys like the New York families would never go to Hawaii? No, 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 no. Like no. you're from you're from North Carolina. Uh-huh. You're from New York. Adam. Yep. Did you guys was Hawaii ever in the cards for you guys? That seemed like a that was Mars. That's a really long flight for a child. Exactly. Right. You know, when you fly across the country and then you stop and then you do that again. Right. That's a really long it's, one. You have to like get over that psychological hump. Mm-hmm. Uh, flying all the way across the country. Then, like, are we here yet? Nope. Still have to go over another exactly. ocean right. to get to Hawaii. My family seemed to have, like, a three-hour limit on our flights. <laughs> mm. we, I, we've we never flew west of the Mississippi together as a family. Mm-hmm. So, like, we didn't even, like, try the Vegas or California trips. <laughs> well, it was basically Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like mm-hmm. in, in, in talking it out, 
it seems like we were going Long Island to Orlando, Southwest pretty frequently. I feel like that's pretty common, though. Right. Orlando is a hot destination (laughs) for New Yorkers. Lots to do. Were you guys going to Orlando? The Disney Worlds and Epcots of the world? No, you know, actually the first... I've only been to Disney World, I feel like, twice. (laughs) And... Both times were with a high school marching band. Oh. And we've already found the most interesting point in the conversation. Hello, King Dork. Well, I w- well, oh no, get ready, because the first time I went, I wasn't even in the high school marching band. You were not just a fan? No, no, I was in eighth grade. Groupie? I was in eighth grade. And um, I danced growing up, and my dance teacher also, like, was the the you know the head of the color guard the flags and cool. all that jazz and cool. you know I was a golden child, um <laughs> so the marching band would go do a parade in Disney World and she was like do you want to come it'll be pretty much you know cheap or paid for it's probably cheap sure and you hold you're like one half of the banner hold that's oh, like Star Mountain High School yep. but you still have to like walk in step yep. and they walk first right to kick off the band oh we could have screwed the pooch <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> you're the leadoff you yeah, you exactly. trip they all trip yeah exactly. Yeah, if I'm off car. beat, you're all off beat. Wow. Um, Big responsibility so well. for an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time I went. And then the next time I went, I think it with the actual You got the raise. Yeah. yeah. I held a flag. I got to say, like, that, like, drumline marching band stuff, like, flag, mm-hmm. that shit rules, though. It's For so real. Rules. That's awesome. Have you <laughs> ever seen the movie Drumline? It's awesome. Petey Pablo comes in in the it? third act, and it's like, that's what we needed. It's Petey awesome. Petey Pablo is the poet laureate of North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's from North Carolina. He's your Charles Bukowski. Yes. Yeah. Twist around your head's been like a helicopter. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was yeah. a big year for... That was a big year. That came out when I was in college. And yes. it was, North it was... Carolina, throw your hands up. <laughs> yeah, there's like four minutes he just says county names. Yeah. Give me that. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and you're like, this is only for us. This, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. this is just for us. us, us, us. So we're, can you flag, spin, and sort of twirl, baton twirl? I'm going to tell this? you something right now. Please. Mm. You know the rifles they use? Yeah. I would have one in my trunk right now. <laughs> I just bought one like six months ago because I was like, I used to be able to do this well. It's kind of fun. It's like the nerdy devil sticks. Yes. But it can shoot bullets. No, it's a wooden. Oh, it's not live. I don't have a rifle in my trunk. (laughs) I was ready to talk (laughs) about it. That I'm ready to spin. As I just, as I quietly pull out my phone and call the police. (laughs) And I just slowly take the handgun off my lap to let her know I also have arms. Oh, I love a good podcast duel. Yeah. Um, I love that you consider rifle spinning the nerdy version of devil sticks as though devil sticks is the cool version (laughs) of rifle spinning. I mean, if you, walked into a high school courtyard and yep. there was a girl spinning a wooden rifle or a dude with devil sticks to 311 who would you think was cooler rifle girl i think really probably, yes maybe. well if she was playing pete pops oh, yeah if she was playing pete pops <laughs> then for sure yeah adam did your family ever go on a, on a notable family trip or disney world uh disney world disney world was like one of the only i totally echo your notion that like weird uh new york families hawaii was off the table california oh. was off the table right. west coast america might as well have been a different nation altogether and yeah i think it was the direct route right down to orlando my aunt lives in fort lauderdale so we would like sort of make a Florida thing out of it. Mm. Everyone's aunt lives in Florida. Completely. If you have an aunt, she's in Florida. Yeah, I had a That's grandma in Panama City. Yeah. That's how it has to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, we weren't really traveling all that much. Maybe I've touched on this in previous podcasts, but maybe not. But my my parents and fa- we're not like travelers. We're not like reckless adventurers. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very wreckful. I remember one time you and incredibly <laughs> wreckful. <laughs> yeah, you and I once talked about travel and how it's not really our instinct. We don't really need to travel. And then you just looked at me. You thought about it for a second, and you said. 
I don't have wanderlust. <laughs> I don't need to go anywhere. That is like, and, and I, I was like, he's my best friend. I'm not proud of it. That's my best friend. I'm not, I'm not proud of that. And that is definitely something that I know that she'll be listening. I've directly inherited from my mother, whose whole, whole sort of philosophy on travel is, I don't need to go there. Which is really oh, wow. sort of, a, yeah, that's a kind of a, a self-destructive way to, to See, think about travel. I've like, noticed the older I get, the more antsy I get in one place. So You can't, you want to go somewhere else. You I, need I either to get want away. to be go, 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 mm-hmm. or like, okay, I'm back home, I'll hunker down, I'll hibernate, I'll recharge to go, go, go again. Has yeah. that always been your uh, kind of instinct, or was that kind of born out of just moving so much for so long for work? That Yeah, I feel like it's a, a it's trait I've normal. acquired. Right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a – it's not a shame thing, but less people talk about how they don't want to travel. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily – my instinct isn't to travel, and I don't necessarily want to travel. When I hear that a trip is coming up, my first thought is, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not allowed to talk about that because travel is this revered thing. It's a bit of a tattoo. It's like it's almost a luxury where it's like you're going to see new things and get new perspectives. I get it, but ugh. It's like not like I love pets. that your reaction is just L and K noises. Like oh, just oh. L and K is pretty. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to brand that sound. <laughs> oh. Trying to copyright it. it is so hard. Mm-hmm. Because in your mind, Billy, and just like walk us through your mentality a little bit. Like when you hear about a trip, because in your mind, you're a practical guy yes. and you're like, oh, geez. So that means like I got to like tell everybody I'm going to be out of town. That's going to require like 14 emails. I got to pack a bag. I have all the. It's like a to do list once that just begins go, in your to mind. To me, once you go on a trip, you have to be on. Interesting. Oh, really? you're not on in like a performer's way, but now that you're entering all these new firsts and all these new things and just, you know, travel in and of itself has to go correctly. You mm-hmm. have to get everywhere on time in order to get to the place. It just requires a higher level of concentration. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself isn't relaxing to me, <laughs> i.e. the opposite of a vacation. See, I but I you. feel like the more you do it, the less those constraints you kind of put on yourself. So I pack terribly because mm. I'm Think of the, what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. I have to find mm-hmm. a place and buy a shirt. Who gives right. a shit? Mm-hmm. Um, or also, you know, when you travel a lot, I have no problem going, I'm really tired today. Right. I'm not leaving this pool or right. I'm sitting in bed. So I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, the th- pressure builds up. I think you're right. And I think that our different perspectives are exactly because I think you do it so frequently that now it is the new normal. So mm-hmm. it's like it's not really disrupting any sort of other schedule that you already have if i missed a flight it wouldn't be a big deal in my brain right like i go i'm gonna go get a bloody mary work on my computer and catch one in four hours and i miss a flight and i'll be like now i have to sit at starbucks and eat like seven bacon egg and cheeses waiting for this flight to show up this is awful these things you put on yourself seven bacon egg and cheeses i mean as punishment four hours every half hour i think it's actually (laughs) (laughs) therein is another get in that brain i cannot get in that brain. you go to get a drink and i go to get a bacon egg and cheese (laughs) okay that's just how that's how we treat ourselves (laughs) exactly exactly billy's vice is breakfast sandwich (laughs) there are worse worse vices way worse Mm -hmm. um this is the no joke podcast every act break we usually play a song adam Mm -hmm. and i once made a song called czechoslovakia Mm. um it is a part of an album that we put together called the sleepover album that's right where we uh would go into a studio with no music prepared Mm -hmm. no lyrics written and in 24 hours with our producer leave with a full mixed mastered so fun 
an oh EP of five or six songs. So fun. And we were wanted to write some sort of anthemic national song, maybe yeah. like a big rah-rah American joke song. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Adam suggested, but what if we did a really obscure or even yeah, like an expired ex- yes, exactly. country? Like a defunct nation like <laughs> Czechoslovakia. Because the, the beat that our producer had made, which you'll hear in one second, was like sort of Euro, felt a little Euro trash vibey. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it seems like Czechoslovakia was the right one. So what do you say in the first act break? We travel to Czechoslovakia. Let's go there. It doesn't exist anymore. Can't wait.
Welcome back to No Joke. That was the track Czechoslovakia by Snakes, yes. a.k.a. Billy and I. Uh, that's one of my favorite songs that we do. And also, when Billy and I would perform that song live, it's very anthemic, we would legitimately feel like John Valjean. Yes. From Les Mis. We would pump our fists in the air, <laughs> chests out. Yeah. Because isn't there a song, maybe it's at the end of uh, Les Mis, when all the characters come back to life and they kind of take Front, front and center stage, I think and they sing sort of, very anthemically out to the crowd. Well, that's 95% of Les Mis. Maybe, maybe I you can speak it. to You Les missed it. Yeah, I did never see it. You've never seen Les Mis? Heart. Guys. You're so musical. <gasps> You're so performative. What you know pro- what? I like doing musicals. I don't really like watching them. You don't like experiencing them? Yeah. Why? Like, I, haven't, I haven't caught on to the Hamilton train yet, because I'm nervous that I'm going to be the one person who's like, Ugh. what was your noise? <laughs> exactly. I just made five cents because you did that. <laughs> and then you'll be like culture shamed for not liking it, right. just like Billy feels a little reluctant About to be travel. like. Exactly. Right. It's like it's not cool not to like Hamilton. In right. fact, it's actively uncool yeah, not I, to like Hamilton. Un-American. <laughs> it fact. is literally un-American. I'm sure I'd love it, but yeah. there's just too much pressure now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, well, we we. Do love musical theater. Billy yeah. is in Newsies head. Really, a termite, total a termite news just head. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen Newsies? Um, I believe I saw the movie when I was yes. little because of boys. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Young, cute Christian Bale trying yeah. to save the newspaper industry, singing and dancing around town. <sighs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and Les Mis is another one of our collective favorites. And truly, when we would perform the song live, it like stopped being a joke that we were like fun Eastern European revolutionaries, and it started to become, at we- least in my heart and soul, real. We wow. were it those felt, Eastern European revolutionaries. It felt real. Yeah. Um, have you been ever been to the Czech Republic or Eastern Europe, Mamrie, in your I, travels? You know, that is an area I have not. Really? No. Is that a region that you haven't been to, Eastern yeah, Europe? Yeah, exactly. Because you travel internationally. You're not just doing shows in America. I mean, you're right. going. Right. Is there, a, is there a, like a continent you haven't been to? Have you performed in Asia? Um, never performed in Asia. The only place I've been to in Asia is Southeast Asia. I've been to Bali. I went for like a month. Cool. Wow. When I was in my early 20s and waitress bartending a waitressing and just did one of those i'm gonna save a bunch of money in a mason jar and then leave for no a month way you it did was that awesome really yes. what was that like that was you didn't did you have a plane ticket back did you know you're gonna be there for a month my i knew i was gonna be there and then my brother lives in australia so then i went from there that was my first trip wow. to australia cool amazing mm-hmm. good for you i know the oh. other side of the world literally yeah. the other the side other, of the earth it's a, it's a weird brain yeah meld yeah. what compelled you to go to bali well, I had some friends there, mm-hmm. and also, shit's cheap. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It's just really right. cheap. Like, mm-hmm. if you can get there, you're fine. Yeah, right. It's just getting there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and that's it, why I wanted to go. And as a person who doesn't look forward to travel, right. how do you spend 30 days in Bali? How does the, How do you not... I would be thinking about, like, getting ready to go home, getting ready to get back into my schedule. Mm. How do you pass those 30 days in Bali? Oh, I guess you just... Uh, well, a lot of drinking and hanging on the beach. Naturally. You know, a little bit of culturalization. Right. Right. Immediately made friends with, like, expats who lived there. Cool. Mm-hmm. That showed us around. Um, And you got to change your brain and just right. go, this is the only time I'm going to spend 30 days in Bali. Right. Ever. Yep. I'm never going to do this again. So yeah. just sit in it. That yeah. Was, we went to Burning Man a couple times. Wow. And, and that's I don't what know it, if I'd ever do that. And mm-hmm. that's what it requires. Like, once you get there, you have to know, I am here for seven days. Don't start thinking about where you could be. Embrace 
where you are. Wow. Yeah. Billy, it's starting to sound like it's our deficiency. <laughs> like it's your and my <laughs> deficiency as I, I hear us discuss this did topic. I change this? <laughs> because wow. I also feel the way that you do, Billy, to some okay. degree. Like my travel mind is like in the back of my mind, there's always like an obnoxious sort of voice that's saying, like, okay, but what about home too? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. always saying that a little bit. Not that it ever prevents me from enjoying travel, but I, I, I haven't totally successfully been able to block out that voice in my mind and just allow myself to exist for 30 days in Bali, for instance. Do you have but, any trips coming up? You went to Peru not too Yeah, that was ago. nice. Maggie and I did go to Peru, and that was cool. Yeah, I, I'm, once I'm there, I feel like once I'm there in the on vacation, <laughs> right. in the midst of travel in the foreign place, I feel like um, there's enough new stimulus to keep me distracted from the fact that I a little bit of me wants to be home. Did you so, Machu Picchu? Machu Picchu. You Machu Picchu. You know I did. Wow. It was super cool. Did you Machu Picchu? I've never Machu Picchu. I've never done South America. Hmm. Okay. You've there got, we go. You've got some pins to put in your mouth. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we Take finding... him out of my voodoo doll Right into the map Adam did something in Peru And I'm curious how you would play it Because okay. I, I played it like I would have played it like Adam did okay. And correct me where I start to go off track I will. They were walking down a mountain Him yep. and his girlfriend Yes mm-hmm. And there was uh, You could either walk down The the very jagged rock face Of yeah, this It was a mountain, super steep Andes mountain Or you had the option Of taking a mule. donkey A mule, a mule. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes And you would ride the mule Not you But one would ride the mule That's On right On the rocky edge yes. Correct So you'd be putting So <laughs> Adam's girlfriend Took the mule? She took the mule because she, weak legs, she was exhausted. It was the middle of the day. We had already been hiking for two hours and down, and she was just exhausted and literally didn't think that she could sustain the walk all the way down. Mm, they, to the, she had the wobbly knees. She happening. had the wobbly knees, sure. Yeah, wobbly knee syndrome. So right. she needed, she quite literally needed the mule. And it wasn't just her, it was a few other sort of tourists that were like taking this trip that all hopped on the mule. But I, Mamrie, had a similar reaction to you which was I got on the mule for one second. And like, if I'm going to be ill, like not sure footed and going to slip off uh, uh, Andy's mountain and die, I'm going to do it myself. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to (laughs) do it myself. I'm not going to, not death by mule. No, you don't know that mule. I don't know that mule. You don't know if that mule had a late night. Okay. You know what I mean? You're right. Seriously. No. Right. No. I'm with you. Put the pressure on me. But here's the, but here's the thing. Every time we fly, we have to put our trust in a pilot, mm-hmm. you know, True. much like that mule, where He's at some point mule. we have to say, I absolve myself of all c- some control for now, mm-hmm. and I just have to trust the thing. Well, luckily, I think pilots um, get a little more training than mules. Fair. <laughs> I, can't talk to, I can't talk about mule training, <laughs> okay, but I'm on your side. I mean, don't I don't know life. the company you use. We, yeah. um, <laughs> but I see what you're saying is you kind of have to go into like a Zen mode of right. whatever. Right. Exactly. This isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't control anything right now. Exactly. Do you guys I... fly well? Do you uh, do you have stress going into flights? Uh, I'm a great sleeper. I sleep like a baby, yes. like an infant. Huge. Sleep like an infant. Huge. Like a huge <laughs> infant. Oh, I mean, yeah. I am in a onesie and I do bring warm milk. Yeah. Is that weird? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and my mommy is always next to me. Is that weird? <laughs> yeah. And I sleep, baby. Like, yeah, yeah. Baby. So in that way, I guess... I do I... bring a mobile. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mobile? Yeah. Is it mobile, mobile or mobile? Mobile. Is it Mobile, Alabama and a Mobile spinny thing? I think it's a Mobile spinny oh, okay. thing and Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Okay, good to What know. about you? Do you, you, you sleep? You I, tend to I get do, knocked like, out? I used to get really freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. Really scared on flights, turbulence. I'd be the person that the other person would lay their hand on and be like, 
are you scared to fly? Really? Uh-huh. You know, or or the you know stewardess like here's some vodka. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to get really would you, scared. Would you yell? Would you audibly be scared? No, I'd do the like, <clears throat> uh-huh. like uh-huh. I was that like, oh Jesus, and I'm so not. <laughs> I'm such an atheist, and I'm still be like, please Lord, grant <laughs> oh, me those. Oh sure. Um, sure. Pray every when, time. Pray the when convenient. Pray hours pray on when flights. Convenient. Wow. I've never prayed with feet on the ground. Um, <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> But I was really scared, and then there were two things that fixed it, and that is someone explained to me, like, when you're on a dirt road, how bumpy and crazy it can get. Like, I remember being on a trip, and the road was just insane and jagged, much like the mule experiences, I'm sure, and explaining that turbulence are just like that. That your plane is kind of on its destination, and that's just a rocky road, but you can't fall off the road. Right, right. It's just going to be uncomfortable. It's just right. going to be a little rocky. So there was that, and mm-hmm. then for my 30th birthday, I bought myself a flight lesson. Stop it. And that completely, completely took the fear out of flying. Tell us everything. What do you mean flight lesson? Um, well, my friend is an accountant turned flight instructor. Cool. And um, <laughs> Who doesn't have a friend who's an accountant? <laughs> you know, you know uh, your classic L.A. hyphenate. <laughs> 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 That's an industry term. <laughs> um, and so Accountant. I trusted him, uh, not with my taxes, um, <laughs> just with my life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but going up, he was just so chill, and we—I learned all the noises. So this is a jet. Like, are you sitting behind? No, him? no. This is like a. This is a Cessna. This is like a six-seater okay. plane. You know, it's a little thing. Yep. But we could drop down really fast and pick it back up, and I like. like took off and just learning that the noises aren't scarier or when you drop it's just to make the ride smoother right there's little things that i don't know being in a a cessna and seeing all that stuff and feeling it and then being on a jet where like you can be served drinks and watch tv like this isn't scary exactly the mechanics the mechanics of flying are so abstracted by like an american airline 757 jet Mm -hmm. that i feel like it's helpful or like it is educational yeah to like go into a tiny little biplane and feel it and like really hear the clicks and the clacks and the noises of it yeah i heard crazy things and i was like what if it just stopped right now he goes if it stopped right now we we could land this. We could glide down or we something? We could glide down. Okay. And so much of that is also just the attitude of the person you're sitting next right. to. That's true. You know, if you just don't see someone else panic, it's so much easier for you not to panic. Right. Mm-hmm. Billy, yeah. I feel like you did a similar thing, though. Didn't you kind of like, you know, I feel like we've been, we've flown a bunch and turbulence and all that. And I feel like there was, after one flight, I just remember you being like, I just like looked into it. Yes. I just like did a little research and I was like, this is what air currents are. Like, this is how it That's works. That's true. Yeah. Like, this is so why we, I'm scared. Adam and I did a show in Austin and then we were flying back to New York through one of those storms in New York where it's like a humidity bomb in the summer where the sky turns like that crazy orange purple and you know it's just lightning and yeah exactly and like sideways rain and we were (laughs) stuck in it and we couldn't land and we also were just circling the airport and I just remember we were getting hammered on the plane like not drinking I mean like we were physically yeah yeah, rocked (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and when we landed, I just remember thinking like, A, I'm so happy to be alive of in this moment. And B, I can't be that ignorant to what was just happening anymore. So I immediately started learning about like there's like things called like mountain waves where huge gushes of wind hit mountains and just literally f- fly up and then we'll just pop the plane up. So if you're ever flying over Colorado 
Ex- oh, the Rockies? Expect forget them. it. Yeah, just forget don't order a drink over the Rockies. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, just all these little things to look out for. Flying over My lakes. Tip. All these things. Yeah. Oh, really? Lakes do something? Again, it just like it, it just creates different wind channels and stuff that you can just expect certain regions to kind of come with certain problems. And it's just when you start looking at the map, you're like, okay, we're approaching this thing. We're going to start feeling these things. But I know to expect it. So I'm not scared moving forward. The more you know. It's seriously, like, information is literally the only thing that can just, like, diffuse irrational fear like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just and gotta know. Except make... death. Except death. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Mortality is just hanging over that yeah. whole plane ride the yeah. whole time. Steady wind just... ain't gonna do anything. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> still 35,000 feet over the earth. Exactly. Like, that's a long way down. Yes. What about boats? You ever mess with boats, Mamrie? <laughs> do I ever mess with boats? Um, I'm... I'm kind of a roulette of if I'm going to feel sick or not. Mm. But I'm all, if you got a boat, I'm getting on that damn boat. Right. However, Obvious. there might be a minute where I have to stare at a vantage point. And there are a few, <laughs> you know? there are a few things worse than being seasick as well. That, yeah. that is a, that is a body prison right mm-hmm. there. Billy, you, you cannot escape. Yeah. I'm taking a cruise in a month, and I'm really nervous to see how... I'll react to it. Also, it's the Backstreet Boys cruise through the Mediterranean. And we've started a new conversation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, the Backstreet I mean, Boys cruise? So now this new thing yeah. is doing these kind of like, not has been, I love you, BSB. Love but you, BSB. like um, these nostalgia tours. You know, you see right. people, it'll be like, you know, all these Sugar Ray with... Yep. Chicken of China, the Chinese, whoever exactly. those guys Bare are. Naked ladies. Yeah, bare naked yeah. ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Chicken Blossom. Support Mamrie right now. <laughs> Give her some bands. That's my back. Um, and so now they're doing that on cruises. <laughs> so there's a New Kids on the Block cruise, which I think they're turning into a TV show. Amazing. TV show. And what makes it a Backstreet Boys cruise? Is it just it, like layered posters? All five of posters? them are there and they perform every night. Oh, wow. And interact with the fans and they have theme nights. And what happened <sighs> is my friend Jocelyn Hughes and I, we watched the Backstreet Boys documentary on Netflix that yes. came out okay. you know, like six months ago. And I was never a Backstreet Boys fan. You know, they came out in high school. They weren't as cute as NSYNC. Didn't Ooh, care. I mean, I mean, besides you, Nick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we were like, oh, no. Oh, no. Are we Backstreet Boys fans in our early 30s? What happened? You missed the first go round. The first go round, but they get better with age. I'm telling you one thing. Mm. Backstreet's back. Um, And so we booked this cruise, and I'm so excited because we went and saw Nick Carter. Yes, of course. At the Saban Theater Theater, like a month ago. And the scene of the people that are there, I mean, is the people who've seen them 50 times. Oh, sure. They have a a BSB tattoo. No new fans. No, no no new new fans. fans. And so now I'm going to be on a cruise ship with them leaving off of Barcelona. That's incredible. No chance you don't walk out of that cruise with a BSB tattoo somewhere or we'll something. See. Who's to say? We'll see. So oh, you're a child. Oh, or a with child. child. <laughs> so you're saying that the demo for this cruise is probably going to be, and let me be delicate, um, people our age versus new teen fans. Yeah, I don't think... It's a nostalgia tour. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. Like, yeah. like, hopefully, if everything went belly up and YouTube stopped tomorrow... Hopefully in 15 years, I could go on a YouTube cruise and these kids who grew up with it, like now have the money to pay for a cruise. Absolutely. I love the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Um, You'd probably be on one of their cruise ships that mm-hmm. they own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> is the truth. Private performance every yeah. night. Um, speaking of music, yes. you were in a band. I was in a band. And you may want to share a song with the podcast? Sure. Actually, it's kind of relevant because in a couple of days, I'm going to France for nice. the first time. Hey. Going to Cannes and then to Paris. You Paris. don't stop, man. I don't <laughs> stop. And I'll... Uh, 
I was in a band called Kudzu and we made really like silly, fun. We were like a three-piece girls um, doing kind of 60s doo-wop style with matching dance moves and dresses, but then all our musicians were from punk bands. Okay. Uh, so I was figuring out like this rock. They were funny songs, but we yeah. put out albums legitimately and performed in rock clubs. Beautiful. Um, and one of our songs was called French Braid, yeah. and it's about a girl who loves French braids and no one likes them here, so she went to France and like kills it. <laughs> and like gets so many dudes. Love it. Yeah. So you love French Braid. We'll be right back. No one in America thought it was cool So I headed off to France to make the boys roll But if you wanna know my secret, I'll lend you my aid Just take a look at my head, I'll still Wear my French braid, French braid to no joke that was the track french braid composed and performed by our guest here mamrie hart when she was a legitimate rock and roll star in new york city <laughs> rock and roll what do you say star. did you like feel like you had the perks of the rock life when you were living you know, in new york i i thought i did people would bring us shots of whiskey to stage and that was about as fancy as it got that's it yeah you have to just identify the little victories exactly exactly yep and i feel like with your like people are still essentially cosmically giving you shots of whiskey I can't avoid it now. Yeah. At this point, it's the curse. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And You're... I've never liked whiskey. Really? Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Well, I never liked whiskey, but for some reason in our songs, like with Kudzu, we would talk about Jameson and this and always being drunk on whiskey. So people would bring us shots of whiskey, which my other two singer bandmates loved, right. and I would take it and be miserable. Oh. And there's like... Turn around on stage. And- Shot, shots of Ooh. whiskey aren't the way to appreciate whiskey, as far as I'm concerned. As a person yeah. who kind of only drinks bourbon now. You, you, yeah, you, but you now we're older. Slow. And there's like a buy a leather chair, yeah. sit in that wow. leather chair, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? Sniff that chair. Yes. You know, Mamrie, I'm realizing that some of our listeners may not know exactly uh, like what you've done oh, um, right. or ha- who the you- hell I am. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> Well, because we're talking about drinking and you've written a book. Yes. Right. I do a drinking show on mm-hmm. YouTube called You Deserve a Drink. Yes. Have been for five years now. Yeah. Crazy Congratulations. Town. Thank Thank you. You. How, how many? How frequently do you do that? You know, I'm not the most consistent. Mm-hmm. I probably put a video up like every 10 days. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I'm not a weekly. Sure. Mm-hmm. 
some people put up like two videos a day and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'd like to experience life right. a little bit yeah. without a camera. Every 10 days is still impressive to me. Thank you. Seriously. You're welcome. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the real stat though. Um, <laughs> I do that and then I wrote a book about all these crazy travel stories in college and whatnot, uh, whatnot yeah. also called You Deserve a Drink. Yeah. yeah. Man. Your yeah. travel and your drinking is your life. Yes. It, it's all. It's not a bad combo to put together. All. We've done an episode about hobbies where we said that the ideal um, bur- growth of the hobby would make it a jobby, where you start <gasps> getting paid for your hobbies. It is a jobby. You've and done you, it, Mary. you have the apex of jobbies now. You've combined your love of travel and drinking and comedy into one jobby. Now that's your life. Jobby is an amazing term. Yeah, you a hobby your... becomes a job. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. But in the good ways that it's still, you love it like a hobby, not yeah. like now drinking's my job. Right. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then that turns <sighs> gross. Yeah. Because most people say, I wish drinking was my job. Right. But those who actually make it their job know that it can't exclusively be their you job. Got, yeah. You got to keep it in check. But right. it's easy for your hobby to, once you start getting paid for it, to become a burden. You're totally right about that. And then suddenly you're just doing this because it's a paycheck and you've lost all of the artistry for why you did it right or people place. were like oh i just wish i could be a writer right and you're like okay yeah sure wake up and go sit in a seat and write all right. day long just for a couple months and let me know how much you love it exactly. agreed sit in a seat is the least appealing part of that phrase i would say <laughs> that's the part i would want to do the <laughs> sit in a seat a, you'd get a standing desk i probably would get a standing okay desk. <laughs> sit in a seat Right about it. Yeah, that was so. Seat. That really sounds punishment. Sit, sit in a seat. In a hey, seat and sit. write. Sit in a seat and write. Yeah, a seat. Uh, but you know, you were saying that you know when you were living the rock and roll life. In oh New my York goodness! With the when I was doing that, okay. Yeah, you were getting you know whiskey shots and. But I know that you and and Grace yes. and Hannah, your cohorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you guys. I mean, we, you and I worked on this delightful movie that you wrote recently, which was oh my amazing. God. And you were literally wrapping that movie in the next morning flying to Australia because mm-hmm. the three of you do these huge live shows all over the yeah, world. Yeah, we do a show called No Filter yeah. and it's it's jobby style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Drinking on stage, hanging out, bringing audience members up. It's real loose. Yeah. We figure out like our theme for each one, whether it's we're motivational speakers or mm-hmm. we're going to teach you, the one in Australia, we're going to teach you how to be American. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And we just shoot the shit. It's yeah. the best. Jobby. The ultimate jobby. The ultimate jobby. But let me bring it back to Dirty 30 for a second, which Mm -hmm. is the movie we worked on in November and December, you crush it. Oh, remember you. You don't even know. You crush it. We have had test screenings and you crush it. You know, our date is like the first scene now. It's the first scene of the movie. Oh, spoiler. We're going to go on a date. Excuse. You got the exclusive here at Nodes Off Podcast. That's a scoop. (laughs) Uh, It was a real treat to work with you on that, memory. I think you're so wild. As a person who uh, gets to see a lot of people work with Adam, and Mm -hmm. I see Adam a lot, that is always the response he receives. I know. And then he deflects it, and he says, stop. Yeah, no, it was just... um, He is very talented. Yes. Yes. It was really fun to do. Your shirt needs work, but the talent is thick. <laughs> talent first, the shirts will hopefully There's follow. There's no holes in your talent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, Mamrie, you are going to you – told, you told us something during the break. Yes. Would, would you mind telling us again okay. where you're going on 420? Uh, I'm going to Amsterdam. Naturally. Makes total sense. To see the Dixie Chicks. There's an anomaly. In natural. <laughs> <laughs> that feels well, anomalous. I, I, you know, I assume I, I, the horrible <laughs> – it feels anomalous. 420 and yeah. Amsterdam. It's yeah. like and the Dixie Chicks. It's and like which Dix- one of these things is not like the other? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's an SAT question. Yeah. Um, you know, I figure when I like something, I go hard on it. Yeah. And and 
back in college, I used to like to get stoned and like listen to country music. So this isn't You're, a work thing. This is an actual, hey, the Dixie Chicks are playing The in- thing is, when something's a jobby, yep. any memory can become a part of- Hey. You know? Sure. You well, know? Well if said. it's worthy of writing or whatnot, You're we'll totally see. right. This will lead to something. I need the life experience. Good exactly. for you, Mamrie. Yeah, it's a write-off. Right. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to It's a Write-Off. Write-off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, that's amazing. I, the Dixie, so you, do you, you love country music both in earnest and no, with I a wink? No, I mean- it, no, it's like totally with a wink. Okay. I'm not sitting around driving around to that music. However, when you're a 16-year-old girl when the first Dixie Chicks album came out and you live in North Carolina, you're riding around in your first car listening to Ready to Run with the windows down. Yep. What was that big song? Was Ready to Run their song or the oh, album? So many. Well, that was the theme song to Runaway Bride. Yes. When the old gear and Roberts reunited. Preach. Um, but there's so many. Cowboy Take Me Away. <laughs> There's a bunch. There's there's so many hits, and I know I'll remember more during when you're listening when I'm to on this podcast. when I'm on oh, Space yeah. Cakes well, in Amsterdam. Related, <laughs> it just like kicks right back what? in. It's like a bar. It was them. They're like, no, this is a cover of the Rolling Stones. Oh, oh got it. Related, related to that. Harvard sailing team just turned eleven. We just turned 11. You know where I'm going with this? I know the story, but please Harvard, tell the, the listeners. <laughs> Harvard sailing team just turned 11, and we decided to celebrate. We're going to Morongo Casino and Resorts, the most bypassed casino on the highway, oh. because one, Melissa Etheridge, was doing a concert that you, night. You know? And we uh, came to Melissa's window. I love this so much. It was incredible. I saw you, because this was during the filming of Dirty right. 30, and you were saying how hard you guys were going in the audience, th- to almost an uncomfortable degree. People approached us afterwards <laughs> and thanked us for our behavior at the concert. That is lovely. They, Always be that person. We weren't the ironic, like, everyone's kind of like doing their own thing, and mm-hmm. we're trying to stand out. We were authentically trying to come to Melissa's window Stoked. so hard wow. that people were like, what's your deal? Like, it's so great to see the youth movement at Melissa's concerts. <gasps> exactly. You brought that Thank you guys for bringing the youthful energy to Etheridge. And Ooh. they knew it was real because we all bought the same t We all have the same tea on at the same time. Oh, when you got that many teas. How many people are on the team? A thousand? So, uh, no, no. It's, thousand? It's, it was eight There's of us eight plus of us. Kevin. So there was like, it was a solid nine strong. Nine matching tees is a visual that mm-hmm. stands out. It's a, it's a political statement. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. It's in, we're here for you, <laughs> Melissa. Yeah. I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great, though, that you have a second reason, not just going to Amsterdam, but you have that thing, that like well, tentpole thing well, that well, why you're going. Well, here's the thing is, and I feel like maybe this, I don't go to travel to wander. I'm not, I don't like looking at cathedrals. There you go. Not a big museum person. There you go. I like going for exactly that tent pole. I'm going to do this one thing. Right. At least I know that's happening. And then I don't feel bad if like Everything today I just want to lounge and then I want to like just go to bars and cafes. And s- I like going places and seeing what it would be like to live there. Exactly. Right. That's As what it sounds to, like. You know, if, if you live in – when we lived in New York, it's not like – Oh, let's see. It's a Tuesday. I'll hit up the MoMA. Right. And then I'm going to go see a Broadway show. You're right. <laughs> no, you just experience what living there is like. You're yeah. totally right. That is a much better way of kind of making travel less pressure filled. Mm-hmm. That you have to like check off all of these boxes mm-hmm. to have like the appropriate vacation. Yeah, you're you're like, even hit if, all the heights. <laughs> even if I just lounged around, I know I'm going to go do this one right. thing right. that made the trip worth it. And Airbnb has actually made that a bigger possibility because you don't have mm-hmm. to have the constraints of a hotel right where you have to go out to breakfast go out to lunch go out to dinner buy your eggs yeah you yep. can just exactly live with your eggs for a week mm-hmm. exactly will you guys be airbnb is that how you're going to uh we have a houseboat 
Oh. <laughs> with each it's new like, detail. It's just it's like, like each new detail. If you ask the question, <laughs> some crazy bullshit will come out of Mavery's mouth. Mavery, you just are ca- you like I you're casually it. spectacular. I, I love it. Wrong. I, did you <clears throat> did you mock Adam when he said, "Are you a boat person?" earlier? No, because I it turns out you are. Well, I mean that's well because the thing. My new obsession now is having a houseboat later in life. Really? You know what I mean? Like whenever now I'm working on something, I'm like, well, that's my houseboat money. <laughs> that's my houseboat money. <laughs> that envelope. like I feel like that's the ultimate of like I'm doing well. Yeah. Like, I don't just have a house. Which is funny. It's because- on water, bitch. <laughs> I imagine that most people living on houseboats only want, want an to get actual, on land. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, mine will be deluxe. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that one of every seven boat trips leads to you being seasick. So just cross Tuesday off the calendar. Happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. But you're going to be on a houseboat in Amsterdam, you're saying? Yeah. So I'm going to be like in the middle, like in the river. It's this long one. It's this, it's beautiful. And I'm going with my friends, Jess and Tess. So I get to go with, you know, T- Jess and Tess, the Hot Mess Express, is what oh, I'm calling them. Baby. <laughs> oh, baby. They'll be opening for the Dixie Chicks. Jess and Tess, the Hot oh, Mess Express. My- <laughs> I can't pretend like I actually know how a houseboat works. What is a houseboat? Does it move like an actual boat? Is it docked forever? It's docked. It's docked. Like, can't drive. You can't drive. No, no, no. I think. I don't think they want us to, but I think it's capable of movement. Cool. You okay. know, like it could go to a different dock if needed, but they probably own this one. Um. Yeah, it's just a boat with bedrooms and living rooms. Yeah. And like a, a, the top of it is a big roof we can like sit and drink on. Cool. And I'm pumped. Memory. I mean, <laughs> you make all the right choices. <laughs> I can see this foreseeably fast forwarding to you and the Dixie Chicks on your boat. <gasps> 421. Whoa. If we say it, it, if we put it in the universe, put it in now, the universe. We're just gonna say we're gonna leave that oh idea here. God. Take me away, podcast. cowboy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this needs to happen now. Yeah. Adam and I actually have a trip while we're trying with our girlfriends. We're dreading very hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Inherently. um, Potentially going to Greece and Israel. We were thinking about it. We were thinking about it. What you know about that? Anything? No. You've never been there either? No, I really, I want to do Greece. Are you doing like Greece proper or the, are you doing Mykonos? Wait. I mean, uh, I don't know, Kinos. Me, 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 I have no, me, no idea, Kinos. <laughs> um, our dear friend George uh, Basil, who you probably know, yes. has, some la- has lands in Greece. He has lands in Greece. Yeah, he literally now has that's some a friend. Lands. More than one land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, so I don't really know. And you've been to Israel, Billy. I have never been to Israel. I have. You have. Very cool country. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I have very yeah. limited international um, travel. Mm-hmm. I've gone to like all the North Americas, obviously, but then I've only been to Paris, um, Israel, and Morocco. That is a trio. How do you <laughs> yeah. like Morocco? Morocco was less yeah. of a vacation, more of an adventure. It okay. was. I couldn't let myself give over to the natural beauties i felt like i was very I had On be, uh, heightened awareness yeah and i was going with my girlfriend who that's the thing you get for it. the female it's just it's just a different culture there so i didn't i couldn't just uh just be myself yeah you know but that being said in retrospect and i find this with most of my vacations and trips that i immediately start taking away all the amazing things that i remember and the stress Mm -hmm. washes away as soon as you kind of touch down it's nice and then suddenly it's like no morocco was this like mind expanding like complete other world that i will can't find authentically anywhere else but by going there Mm -hmm. and experiencing it you know Mm -hmm. and so while i was there i was very tense but as soon as we got home i remember it as 
you know, something I value and take with me forever. Right. Like a good workout. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like a good travel is like a good workout. You hate it at the time, and then later you hate it less. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see the benefits eventually. That's right. People say Morocco is like a good workout. <laughs> you know that old They're phrase. They're trying to push that slogan to yeah, yeah. people yeah. over there. Um, this amazing. podcast was also a very good workout. Oh, we you. were the giggle triplets. Yeah. I said. Mamrie, you just, I don't know what it is, man. You just sparked this Giggle, this giggle impulse in me. I love it. Ditto. Yeah. Ditto. Um, it was great having you, man. So oh, it's so fun to be here. Thanks for doing Thank it. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck with all of your upcoming travels. I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, great. Oh, Dixie Chicks. Right. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy Skafuri. I'm Adam Lustig. And our guest today was Mamrie Hart, and we will be talking to you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>